Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. All right, we got a good show for you guys this week. Uh, We're going into the bye, so we won't have a preview for the Raiders. That'll be next week. But we will talk about Chiefs Chargers, what we saw last night. We'll go around the West, uh, talk about, you know, the Raiders, our concern level of, you know, them nipping on our heels. Then we're going to round the show out with some bold predictions, and then we'll take a look at the AFC playoff picture. But uh, we're going to go ahead and start it off by looking at our division rivals around the West. News and notes from around the West. All right, so let's start off with the least threatening team in the West right now is the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos. Man, you know, as far as animosity goes, I will never not like watching an AFC West team get heartbroken in some manner. Do I feel bad for them? No. I want to. I, I, but I, can't. I can't. When they were up 20 nothing, I'm like, oh, come on. Well, how are they doing this to the Vikings, you know, and, and – because, you know, we beat them with a backup quarterback, and I didn't want that to get diminished because the Broncos were about to do it with a backup to a probably backup-worthy quarterback in Flacco. Yeah. And then they went up 20 nothing, and it just it looked like they were about to run away with it. And then Minnesota scored once, and then they, they, they scored again and got it to two possessions, and then the crowd kind of started sensing what was happening. I started kind of sensing what was happening. And then it just it, it happened. They couldn't stop it. Yeah, I – it's like the NFL is funny with the bad team usually loses. Yes. They always find a way. They to, find a way. They yeah. they definitely found a way to lose that game. So, And you got to give credit to the Vikings. They're a good squad. That's a good comeback for them. That I mean, should Yeah, they, that's a good win. Should they have been down like that? No. But they had some fumbles cascade on the kickoff. It was like back-to-back fumbles. And that really – and Chiefs fans know all about fumbling on kickoffs and how that's been killing momentum this year. So the way they battled back, that was good. But just watching the Broncos just struggle, it, it's you want to feel bad. I just can't do it. Uh, it's close to Drew Lock time, though. I think you know. I think it, we're knocking on the door of not, Drew Lock time. I, I saw that they're probably not going to activate him this week, but they're leaving the door open to potentially do it down the line. And uh, it's a good situation, I think, because Denver is not the like it's not a Washington, it's not a Miami. They were just up twenty nothing on the Vikings. They're a team that if you throw Locke in there, it's not going to be a detriment to him because they have some talent, they have some coaching. Yeah. It's not a terrible situation. But the pressure's still off. Yes. So and they're, they're already looking forward to next year, obviously. Yeah. Um, if anything, the loss probably helped them get a better draft oh, pick. It did. It really – and that's – when you start talking about draft picks, you never want to watch your team lose. But this time of the year when it's over, you can kind of put that in the back of your yeah. mind. Like, yeah, I'm – yeah, but we might get someone better in the draft now, yeah. and so and so that's good. But I think if Drew gets in there, it'll be good for him to just establish, you know, get his feet wet going into next year, which will be his season. You know, he'll yep. he'll take the reins and get it, get him a little exposure to the NFL and the speed of the game. Uh, as far as Denver goes, there's really not much to talk about with that team other than uh, Cortland Sutton is the one surprise. Not surprised because he showed a little bit last year, but he has been really good this year. He was supposed to be good last year. Yes, but he never really came out. He had a couple games, yeah. but never strung them together, you know. And he has looked phenomenal he this looks year. Good. It's like those second year receivers, like him, DJ Shark, uh, Christian Kirk, they're all higher end draft picks, like third, second, first mm-hmm. round. 
And last year, you you were kind of wondering, you know, which one's going to do well, which one's not. They're all three doing well this year, so uh, so that's good to see for the Broncos. You know, a little bright spot. Yep. Uh, moving on, got the Raiders to talk about that one. This ugh. we talk about the concern level of the Raiders. We've done it for like two weeks. It's our third week doing it now, and every week the concern levels just rose just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where are you at now with this team? Now that they got to win, I don't think I'm any more than last week. Okay. Um, if anything, I don't know. I we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we start recording about how the general social media consensus is look out for the Raiders, you know, another quality win for the Raiders. I'm like to the Bengals, the, 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 winless, the winless Bengals. They the, beat them by seven. The winless Ryan Finley led Bengals. <laughs> that was, that I'm was an like, ugly game. So too. if anything, I may be a little less concerned this week. Yeah. In the NFL, it's hard to win games consistently. And so, even though they are winless, they're still an NFL team with NFL caliber players. But when you're starting to build the hype like the Raiders are for for what they want to be, you have to show out more against the Bengals than what they just showed, I think. Yeah. it's The, the concern level is less with the talent I think the Raiders are playing at and just more of basically where we are with the standings and their upcoming schedule. Yeah. Their upcoming schedule is soft. Uh, the very Chief, soft. The Chiefs' upcoming schedule is is not – I mean, there's some some games in there that are very winnable, but we still have dates with the Patriots. Uh, divisional games are always tough, and we got three of those left. And then we have the Bears, who aren't what they were last year, but they're still not – they're not the 0-10 Bengals, yeah. you know, per se. So right. they got some, some players to go. So my concern level with the Raiders is just less about them, and I don't want to sound disrespectful, but just more about how sometimes – Worse teams can win more games than better teams just based on how those things shake out. Because mm-hmm. the Chiefs are playing a first-place schedule right now, and the Raiders are playing – Well, it's kind of what we saw last year with the Texans. Yes. Everyone was so hype on the Texans. They won nine in a row. Well, then they play a decent team and, and get obliterated in the playoffs. Yeah, and that, that's I, that's kind of the path I see the Raiders going on now. Is I mean, they, they set themselves up to be a, a playoff team for sure. But they're at least a year away from because they have a lot of young guys on that squad, mm-hmm. young guys that are playing well, but young guys. They also have you know they've lost Vontez Burfict, they've lost Jonathan Abram, they've uh, lost quote unquote Antonio Brown, which yeah. it's weird to even mention that at this point. But the talent level there is still very young. I'm not super concerned about them, but I mean we have a date with them you know coming up in two weeks after the bye, so so we'll see, we'll see, and that'll be a big um, a win. There is huge for either team that's going to be the the tone setter and if the Chiefs lose the Raiders have a great shot to win the West because the Chiefs are by far the hardest game remaining on the schedule yeah yeah so we'll see we'll see this week the Raiders play the Jets though that could be a little that could be a little something cooking saucy what do you think do I have a feeling just in my stomach the Jets could win that game I have a good feeling in my stomach that they can well I know they can whether or not they will yeah yeah but like I've been saying all year, it seems like the Raiders are kind of that team that they have a couple good wins, then they have a couple bad losses. Like even this year, they have some bad losses. Yes. Where maybe if they win those games, we're really sweating about now. Exactly. But, and uh, the Jets, to their credit, have been playing really well. Uh, yeah. Since Darnold saw some ghosts, he's bounced back. He hasn't played very much competition either. He's been like Washington and Miami. But yeah. but the Raiders aren't exactly – I mean, they're a winning Jamal team. Adams is playing oh, out of my, his mind. Oh, my God. That guy is looking amazing. He looks like the best safety in football right yeah. now. And and the, what he's doing down there so is awesome. Maybe he'll be making Derek Carr see some ghosts. Yeah, Who well, knows? with Derek Carr, there was they were talking about it. 
and when he was playing this week, and they're like, Derek Carr has completed his first 12 passes. And I'm like, yeah, he has, but come on. Watching him play is so boring. There's nothing to his game that's not. Like when he's in that surger kind of mode where he's just dicing defenses up, the technical football fan were like, man, look at that, just taking them five, just marching down the field. But it's not Tom Brady-esque. It's not great accuracy. It's yeah. not just amazing clutchness. It's so boring to watch. Yep. And I'm hoping Jamal can shut that down a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, the next West opponent we have is obviously the Chargers, but we played them this week, so we'll just go right into that, what we thought of that game. And that game didn't really go how either of us thought it was going to go, just based on the health of the team and, and the general vibe around it. Yeah, I thought, especially coming off, well, this kind of goes back a couple weeks, coming off the Vikings I'm like, we're getting Patrick Mahomes back, you know, awesome. Well, then Patrick Mahomes comes back. He plays amazing. We still lose, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, if there was any bright spot in that game, it was Mahomes. He, he had a million yards, you know, like he looked awesome. And so now we're looking at this game, like licking our chops a little bit. We got a Chargers team who is not very good has had some quality wins, but we kind of know they're not very good. They're not very good, yeah. We have our offensive line is back, so we're kind of thinking this could be a, a good game. This, you know, like this could the, be a get-right game. could be that game. We all, we've, we've been talking about it. It's kind of like that white Buffalo game where the defense and the offense just click. Yes. And you just have that that Chiefs-Patriots opening you know, day oh, against, yeah. that, and, and we beat them by 40 or whatever. It would have been nice. And it's the the defense that showed up this week. It was the offense that yeah. was nowhere to be found. And the narrative going in was uh, for the first time since week one, then the first quarter, the Chiefs will have their starting offense. You're going to have every receiver. You're going to have every lineman and your quarterback and running backs. You're going to have your starting unit. Tyreek Hill plays six snaps and gets hurt. And I just – I looked down and I was – I'm. I didn't know what to do. Like, I want to see this unit at full potential. Just Well, because we saw him week one. In the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, it. in the first quarter, and I liked what I saw. Pat Mahomes threw like 200 yards in a quarter. That's yeah. not exaggeration. I think it was 220 yeah. in a quarter. And so Tyreek goes down, and then you lose Austin Ryder. I think he comes back in. And, yeah. But, and then you lose Damian and LaShawn. Yep. And Darwin Thompson's not active, so you just have Daryl Williams back there. And to his credit, played really well. Yeah, he did. But it's, there's just so much discombobulation with these units right now, especially on offense, that it is holding back the, the overall chemistry of what we can do. Losing Tyreek last night had a huge, huge effect on what was going on. Well, yeah, and we, we talk about, you know, it's different if they're injured up to the game. Yes, so you game plan differently. Well, then when you lose him, you know, like the offense looked flat. Why did they look flat? Well, maybe they had, you know, Tyreek is that kind of guy that opens up the offense. He does. And and the Chargers last night did what the Colts did to us. And they were running some zone. And every time they ran zone, Mahomes kind of just picked him apart. He was yeah. doing great, especially in the second half. But what the Chargers started doing was – with Tyreek Hill being out, yeah, we still have speed. We still have Hardman and Watkins and those guys. But it, it's less scary. It's not as scary. So they started playing more man coverage. They started pressing more. They started sending a few more blitzes to, so the timing would be off a little bit. And when you have Tyreek and you do that, you're always taking the risk of an 80-yard touchdown. Yeah. But without him, it starts to be like, oh, well, the risk is less. And Mahomes is going to carve us up anyway. So let's just do it. 
and they that's what teams have had successful success with this year and when Tyreek goes out it just changes everything yeah and I think I mean Tyreek was a big one I don't think Patrick Mahomes played well he didn't he and and that's gonna happen you know like uh, he hasn't yet really yeah (laughs) but it wasn't his it might have been his overall worst game as a pro but it I'd say uh, his first half against New England was still probably the worst I've seen him play, but he yeah. didn't play like that for a full game. Yeah. So I was expecting him to come out in the second half and light it up and make adjustments, and he didn't. The th- I saw a lot of people talking about it, too. They were getting mad. Once again, I think the, the common thing to do every week if you're not happy with how the Chiefs played is blame Andy Reid. Yeah. Saw everyone online, oh, you know, Andy, you got to stop being so conservative in these late-game situations. you got to let Patrick throw. What are you doing? Those throws to those running backs Patrick had in the fourth quarter on those like last three drives, those weren't designed throws to running backs. That wasn't Andy Reid telling Patrick, hey, throw this ball. It was they played man coverage, they brought a blitz, and that's his hot read. And and, and so he's going to the running back. A couple times they were wide open. Uh, a couple times there were a guy in the area, and, and they made it a good open field tackle, but it was mostly just one-on-one situations. Patrick Mahomes was the one not being super aggressive last night. Yeah. He threw that pick, and then he stopped taking as many chances downfield. And that's okay to say. I mean, it's not like he played terribly. He was still clutch with his legs because they were playing, man, so it allowed him to to, yep. to run because their backs were to him. But he just he didn't play super aggressive and super well last night. Yeah, and – it's frustrating as a fan, you know, because we're the ultimate, we can do it better, you know, yeah. even though we obviously can't. But it's frustrating when you see him, oh, he's got time back there. You know, for the first time our offensive line is healthy. And, you know, he'd stand there. There was a couple plays, one in particular I remember where he had all the time in the world. He steps up, he fires it, and he misses the guy by, you know, yeah. 10 feet. And you're just like, what happened? Yeah, Pat, what happened on yeah, that one? come on. Like, this is what we've been waiting for, and you just missed somebody, you know, yeah. huge. And so it's like, I think it's just him getting back, him getting comfortable. Yeah, and the field looked like it sucked. The field, uh, the players after the game said it wasn't as bad as what people were seeing on TV. They compared it to kind of like a wet, like a soldier field, which is still bad, very bad. But they said, like, the, as far as the divots go, they weren't as dangerous as we thought. But when I was watching that game, it looked like painted sand is what my first thought of it. I was like, how can you play on this field? Yeah. And the players were like, oh, we didn't really think about it. Yeah, it was slick, but it wasn't horrible. That that might be them just putting some water on a fire because, you know, it's just a football game and to them it didn't matter too much. But I was really concerned with that field out there when some of those guys were trying to make those cuts. Yeah, I mean, it, it looked good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, the practicality of it didn't yeah. seem to be great. I, I just wish if you're going to keep playing games in that stadium, just make it. You, you have to do – you can't let them keep playing on a field like that because this is what that field looks like good. So we just compared it to a wet, bad soldier field. This is what this field looks they like. They literally, deep. like, have been prepping it for weeks. They're like, this is the best condition this field's been in a while. So that's the yeah. best that this field can produce, and those guys don't need to be on there playing that game. Yeah. There was that what one play where Byron Pringle caught it and he tried to cut, and then, like, just a huge divot – explodes out and he slips down and gets zero yards after catch. I don't know if he would have been able yeah. to get the first down anyway, but I was just like, come on. And then at yeah. halftime, the workers come out and fix divots. Yeah, well, even even uh, Bagley missed that field goal and then like like a golfer like puts his divot back. Yeah, he's I'm like, oof. That's not good. That's not good at all. What was good, though, the defense did play well last night. 
They did play well. Uh, Frank Clark Frank played Frank Clark well. came he, alive. He, yes, sir. And yeah, I get it. He was playing against the backup tackle. So what? You know, I don't care. He was, he, if, now, if he would have played against that backup tackle and not had a game this good, everyone would have crucified him. Like, oh, you can't have three sacks against a backup? What are you doing, Frank? So then he goes out and just plays Buka out of his mind. There's people online like, about time. Yeah, about time. It's a backup tackle. I'm like, shut up. He played so well. He was he was the most energized player on that defense yeah. just all night. Chirping at Phillip Rivers. That, that little clip of him making the crybaby. Oh, I loved it. I loved every second. I loved it second so much. Of, he tweeted at Phil after the game. Did you Did see he? that? Yeah, he was like, uh, he started, he was like, great team win. You know, love this squad. We're playing hard. We're getting better, and we'll get there. And then underneath it was a video of him crybabying the rivers, and the very last line said, you ask for the bull, you get the horns, Phil, with a heart at the very end of it. And I was like, yeah, Frank, there we go. I love that. I love that. Because Phillip Rivers needs to get chirped back at every now and then. He is so chirpy. He's so – and he's he does it, like, sometimes to an extreme. Like, he'll stand there while the play clock is running – and just keep mouthing yeah. someone while his offense is huddled up behind him. And he's like, I guess I'll go call this play. But, you know, to, to have, see someone give it back to him, that was great. To see four interceptions off Phillip was fantastic. Should have been Tyron. Oh, my Ugh. God. Did he, that he, one hurt. Do you think he lost that in the lights? Or do you To th- me, it looked like he's like, oh, there wasn't a penalty. Like, kind of th- like, oh, that, that's too easy. There's got to be something, you know, kind of thing. His reaction at the end of that was weird. He, like, looked down and then looked up and then started looking around. I didn't know yeah. what happened, but that was the biggest gimme interception I've ever seen in my life. And, and that it, was Frank Clark. Y- yep. He got Assisted. that hand on the arm. And then yep. the Derek Naughty interception was Frank Clark. Yep. He came in and it. I love that that's an interception. <laughs> because, like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it so easily could have been a fumble. It could have been. And, like,. I'm sure Frank wants it to be a fumble. That way it counts as a sack for yeah. him. But Naughty's like, nah, I want the interception. I'll take that pick. I'll take the pick. And First then, career. <laughs> yeah, probably probably la- only career. Last career pick. And then Rashad Fenton got in the mix in, the, in that interception deep. And once That was it, a good pick. Good pick. Once Rivers was pressured again. And then yeah. Dirty Dan. Dirty Dan. And he was getting picked on he was. all night. Well, that one pass interference call on him, I was pretty upset about that one. I get that he touched his arm, but I <laughs> Yeah, they don't call – and and Booger was like, they're, that's what they're looking for, and uh, they see it. I'm like, no, eh. that's – They're looking for the turn. Y- yeah. And he, there was not really He, a like, turn. put his hand on his forearm. and Now, if the guy would have tried to, like, fight through and catch the ball and he was pinning his arm back, fine. But he put his hand on his arm while they were both running, and it had n- – Yeah. It made me – Especially like after it. watching DeAndre Hopkins not get a P.I. on the most obvious – Pass interference oh, I've ever seen in my entire life. Challenged and then they're like, nah, nah. nah. So you you got your jersey tugged, you got a little push in the back, and I wrapped my arm and turned you, and the ball fell literally inches away from you. But that's not a pass that's interference. Not a pass interference. Yeah, that was, they need to change that rule. Why even have it if you're not yeah. going to overturn it? That that one play, they should just disband the rule. Yeah, they're just like, if this is not going to do it, we're done because there's no use in that. That I would argue that I know this is a little off topic, but I would argue that that DeAndre Hopkins pass interference this week was worse than the one in the Rams Saints last year because the Rams Saints one, it was like a bang bang kind of play where a guy hit the dude as the ball was going over his head. Yeah, into a ref instant reaction, maybe he's like, oh, he got there if he had like a bad angle. This one was. Obviously early, 
And then they got a second look at it, and they're like, nah. Yeah. Like, and it it just... It That's was, just bad. It's just bad. You know it's bad when the commentators are going out of the way to say how bad it is. And make fun of it. Because usually, they kind of stay away from... They don't want to make fun of the officials, you know, blah, blah, blah. But whoever it was, it was it like Gus Johnson? I or, think so. Or whoever yeah. was just like... And Gus doesn't care a was, lot. Yeah, he's like, that was bad. That was the worst <laughs> I've seen. I saw a tweet. It said, uh, NFL referee calling into New York. What do you think on this one? New York official watching the Mandalorian. Uh, play stands. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. It's just, it's, it's laughable. Back to the Chargers. Let's get back to there. Uh, on the topic of bad officiating, let's go ahead and bring it up. That Mike Williams catch. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. And even if they have to review it, I was thinking about this. I was like, well, what if they would have reviewed it? That still would have given them time to get down and get in position. Well, with the review, though, it's a 10-second runoff. Oh, is it? Yeah, because there was uh, this rule came up last year with the Lions. They threw a game-winning touchdown to, I want to say, Marvin Jones. They threw a game-winning touchdown to Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones or Golden Tate before they traded him. And he crosses the goal line. You now they throw the hands up, and then the officials review it. And when they review it, it, he was he was down at the inch line, and there was nine seconds left. And any review triggered within the two minute warning carries a ten second runoff. So they ended the game. The Lions didn't even get a chance to go up and spike it or anything because there's a ten second runoff. So if they were to review that, there would have been a ten second runoff, and that's the minimum probably would have taken to get a playoff because that was a fifty yard pass. Yeah. So it's going to take a while to get down there and spike yeah. that ball. And so I was sitting there. I thought they were going to go review it. When I saw the clock wasn't running, I'm like, are they reviewing this? Well, I thought maybe the clock was broken, to or be some, honest. Because like, yeah. I was like, there is no way that was out of bounds. Uh, yeah, and I was sitting there. And I'm like, why aren't they doing something about it? And then they just let them play on. And I thought it was going to be in my head. This, And I, as I, I thought it, and then I turned to the guys I was watching the game with. I was like, they're going to freaking score here and go for two, aren't I they? I said the exact same thing. I'm like, they're going to score. They're going to go for two. They're going to beat us again, and this is going to ruin my day. It's going to ruin my, my night yeah, and my, and my week. week. Yeah. Two weeks because we've got to buy, so it's going to ruin so much. Luckily, Dirty Dan comes and saves the day. Uh, On a terrible decision. It, no, good decision, terrible throw because it was one-on-one Dirty Dan and Eckler, but if you're going to throw that, you throw that early. like as Well, and – Dirty Dan's got the height. Yes, and at that point, Daniel Sorensen had already caught up with Eckler, and he because like it's like a little wheel wheel route. So ideally, you just bam, hot read it, kind of like Mahomes was doing, and let him either get out of bounds or get extra yards and try to make Dan miss, but, like he did on the earlier Eckler play. Exactly, and then Phillip just kind of pumped a little bit. He he sensed Frank Clark was coming on his back, and he just waited a second and then threw it up to Eckler. Like, the shortest guy on your team you're going to throw a fade route to? Like, no, that's not the yeah. it's not the look there, Phil. Man, Dan played that so well. He did. And I was – in my head, I, I knew there was going to be a flag on the play. You know, oh, me too. You know, me too. As I'm a waiting, fan, you're just waiting. looking. You're looking. And the guys weren't celebrating either, which I thought was weird. Come to find out, I think the entire defense was gassed because of the altitude. But the, Dan just kind of has the ball, and everyone kind of just, like, walks over to him and taps him on the head. Yeah. I was like, that's a game-winning yeah, pick. Yeah, Tyron just, like, kind of tapped him. I was like, like why cool. isn't everyone freaking out? It's a game-winner, dude, because the Fitton pick, y'all went back there and did the little pose in the end zone and everything. You just won a game on Monday night. So I was looking around for a flag. Nothing came. We win the game. Man, twenty four seventeen though. That's when we yeah. it's defense won this. Classic Chiefs. We go up twenty four nine. We have chances and we just don't take yeah, advantage. Yeah, I mean, I because I knew at that point you score one more time. It's the over. defense was playing good enough. Frank Clark was getting there. Yes, that's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. And of course, I can't get it done. You, you know, and it's 
so frustrating. That's it's frustrating. So frustrating. And so I'm going to say I was a little concerned by that. Yeah, and I don't want to be concerned because I – it seems every game I have a crutch to fall back on in my head when I'm thinking. I'm like, well, we were without Tyreek, and we lost Damian and LaShawn. And then, you know, we're without Patrick. There's other games without Tyreek, other games without Sammy. Our line's been banged up. But at some point, we just need to get it done in those situations to just put a team away. Because in the playoffs, yeah. those are when the, it gets heightened right. up. Right. So I am starting to get, I'm starting to come around and be a little concerned too. I think. And I don't know what do we do as a team. Well, we're not going to do anything yeah. personally. <laughs> yeah. But as a team, what are they? You know, who do they lean on when we need that play? You know, is it Travis Kelsey? Is it? You know, or is it going to be just Patrick getting used to being back on the field? And I think in those situations, the best thing to do, and it's not necessarily like everyone gets mad about at Andy for being conservative. Everyone wants him to be more aggressive. It's not so much about aggression. It's more about letting Patrick play within himself because Patrick Mahomes, you can tell these past couple of years watching him, is one of the smartest quarterbacks as far as situational awareness goes. Like, he knows every – like, if there's 18 seconds on the clock and he knows he's got to get a play spiked, he will be sprinting, getting people set up before the runner's done running. Like, situationally, he knows what he's doing. And so Andy needs to not not just play aggressive, but believe that Patrick's not going to throw a pick in those situations. Yeah. He's got to trust him not to, well, to yeah, do those Well, yeah, because it feels things. like we just take the foot off the gas. Yes. When we get, oh, we're up by 14. Yes. Now let's just – and it feels like we almost start running an offense that – we don't run. Looks like the Matt Moore offense yeah, is what it looked it, yeah. like. Yeah, and it's like, why are we doing this? And so it's it's not so much about just aggression in general, but it's like, all right, it's second and four, and we need to grind some clock off. And, we're, you know, we're running a four-minute drill. So there's like three eight or three twenty-eight left in the game, and it's second and four. Mostly Andy's been running it, and that's not a terrible call because it's second and four, but it's okay to let Patrick – try to get 15 yards on that play because it's, yeah. it's probably going to be there a little bit. They're yeah. trying to take away the big right. play and the underneath stuff. And you have to trust that Patrick knows that he's got to keep the clock running. So if it's not there, he's either going to go down or he's going to take a shorter throw for no gain. You know, you, you really got to start letting Patrick just just be the MVP that he is. And that's not always making a big play. It's making the smart play, which he he's shown that he can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's just – it's frustrating because a couple of these games we could have put away, put away, and – this one, I would have felt a lot better if the final score was 31. I would have felt a lot better if the final score was 27. You know, yeah. at least show that we can get some points when we're up 24-9. Right. Yeah, I mean, the the offense was anemic in the yes. fourth quarter. It was like a mirror image of last year's Charger game. It, yeah. I mean, no, well, last year we jumped out to the lead, but like the second half, rather. We had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter last year, and then squandered it on that two point and it about happened again you know yeah. like it could have very easily been the same thing that happened last year so we got to get better at those situations travis kelsey beast oh my goodness uh he is on pace to be the only tight end in history to have four straight thousand yard seasons i saw that graphic he's the fastest to 450 catches or 425 catches he's the fastest to six thousand yards and he is just not slowing down 
He he looks every week. His stat line is six for ninety and a touchdown. Is what it yeah. seems like. That little shimmy move he did, where he's like little hezzy hay. Oh, going to go this way. To the, Thomas Davis. And then he gets cracked by the safety and just does the first down point like right in his face. Yeah. Oof. Did you see him uh, after that? Started licking his fingers, and then the camera panned away. He did the first down, and then he put his fingers in his mouth and started licking his fingers. The old Jameis. Oh, he's going to eat that eat the dub. W. That's what I started doing live. And then the toe drag in the corner. That was swaggy, oh, and then like man. the the soccer player, the rapino, yeah, the, the celebration. Yeah, I that love was, that. Yeah, I love Travis. He's he's Mister Consistent. He's money. He's a key cog. He was blocking what a, well. What a throw though! Oh, Off beautiful. his back foot. Yeah, yeah, perfect spiral. Another throw Patrick had to Travis. It didn't count because Travis didn't get his foot down because he got pushed out. But that one on that the sideline—that was a stupid throw. Patrick just. Fading back, it looked like he was throwing it away. Yeah, and Kelsey just snags it. And I it mean, was on a on a rope. No way he gets a second foot down because that that safety or corner came over and pushed him out. That's not on Travis, but that just I would get, I got so hyped because yeah. I thought he was going to come well, up. Even with that it, was it the first one of the first catches he had was that little like not really a seam. It was kind of a it was kind of a seam where he oh, was going yeah. up the left side. Yes, and when they showed the back camera, you know that well, I think it was a corner was on him. Was right on it, but the way he's got that touch, it was, that just goes right over the top and just throws him. It looked open. just like that uh, week one last year against the Chargers that Anthony Sherman touchdown. Yeah, the wheel route. That the touch he has on these throws, it's basically a handoff. Yeah, these guys don't have to catch these balls; they just land in their basket and they yeah. can just keep running. Just it's beautiful. Those kind of throws, and and no matter how good or bad he plays, Patrick plays. He always has those. Every week, Every you'll week. have one of those where you're just like, that was so perfect. That was like, amazing. It could not have been any more perfect. No, place. it couldn't have. It's, it's, it's where, insane. No dogging on Alex Smith on his one-year anniversary. Oh, yeah. But how many of those throws do you see from Alex Smith? One or two a year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's one or two yeah. throws that Alex makes a year. You're like, oh, that, Alex, that I one, see you. That one to Kareem. Yes. His that long one that against the Patriots, yep. yeah, the, that yeah. One, that one get, was a dime. You get one or two a year from from Alex like that, or like a, a Tyree kill in the corner against the Raiders. You know, you yeah, get that. Yeah. But Patrick does it three to four a game, and it's never as ble- Alex was never as breathtaking as Patrick was. But hey, Chargers. I mean, it was ugly. We got the win. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, we're heading into the bye week, which which Andy Reid and bye week. Andy Reid and bye weeks. Name a better they duo. Go together like Andy Reid and, and barbecue. And Andy Reid and bad clock management. Those are the yes. the top three Andy Reids. No man, and in this bye week, usually when you get to a bye week, there is either it's at the perfect time or it's at a terrible time. Like you, you see all the time a team coming in at like nine and zero, then hitting their bye, and then they lose. Like they split the rest of their games, or you see a team come in at like six and five, limping, and then they they hit their bye, and then they explode the second half. I think we're closer to that latter portion. Uh, I don't know what more. Like we're relatively healthy now. The only question marks Tyreek because he's getting an MRI. Hopefully it's nothing severe, and it's just he can get healed up during the bye week. Uh, we'll get Kendall Fuller back as well after the bye because he had a chance to play this week. So you're assuming in two weeks he should be good to go. Yep. But other than that, like we're relatively back to getting healthy. So what do you see this bye week doing for us as a team to to write some? Well, runs? I think it's going to be, you know, that uh, Allen Iverson would hate this, but practice. You got to get these guys used to each other again. Practice? <laughs> we're talking practice. Uh, I mean, no, know, I, that's agree. Just it. I agree. I agree. You know, though. like. They haven't been on the field together since week one. Exactly. Some of these guys, like last week, you know, we we had six plays of Tyreek, but other than that, they haven't been on the field together since 
you know, so yeah, I, I, I think that's important. Kind of like a recalibration almost because when we came out of the year against Jacksonville, the offense looked better than yeah. it did last year. Yeah. And I'm hoping that, like you said, get rested up this week, get a couple extra practices in, and then everyone practice together next week. Like going into Raider week, get some chemistry down, get some swag back, swag get a little back. confidence. Yes, it just, just looked like we didn't have the swag. No, last night. It, it didn't. And Mahomes always has it. So yeah. And on a couple of those runs, he got up and did a little shimmy. Or yeah. the, that last one in the the fourth quarter, the one where we were trying to ice the game with like three minutes left, and he gets that first down run and he gets yeah, up and he screaming. Gets a, yeah, the little shoulders, that, the patty shoulders. Yes, that was like. It, even that wasn't as, as swaggy. So, And we yeah. talked about it with the Dan Sorensen interception. There was no celebration there. Well, it's, so. like, it's like almost you can kind of feel it. You know, when we were beating teams bad, you kind of have this swag. Like, yes. even as fans, we kind of have this swag like, yeah, but, but like, you, you're talking to another fan. Like, yeah. yeah but, but you're not a fan of the Chiefs. The like, Chiefs. These guys are the real deal, you know. A thing it might be weighing on the team is, like, they had a, a ton of expectations going into this season. And now the fans, there's a lot of fan backlash at seven and four, which to me is insane because we're seven and four. But to most fans, they wanted you know fourteen and two domination every yeah. week, Super Bowl guaranteed, and they're not getting that. And the product they're getting is frustrating because it's penalties, it's dumb mistakes like fumbles, it's injuries, it's very frustrating. And so the fan base is getting frustrated, and then it, it might be wearing off on the team a little bit because. One, when your fans are frustrated at you, it's annoying because you play your heart out for those guys, for them. And then two, when you expected your team to also be dominant and you're not, you're kind of wondering what's going on and why you're not playing the way that you thought you were going to play internally. Yeah, I mean, like, even when when the the pundits, when the people are talking about who's the top of the AFC, you know, who are the, the bad boys of the AFC – we're not even in the conversation anymore. No, we're not. It's and Patriots, they, Ravens. You know, and they hear that. The yes, players hear that. And so, like like we were just talking about, they, they don't have the swag right now. And it, it's kind of like. I, they need, I think they can get it back. I, I really do. I think too. one big beating of a team is, is it will be enough to get it back. And and we beat the Ravens. We did and beat the And they're, they're the, the top dog, right? You know, everyone's yes. talking about the Ravens, how good the Ravens are. It's like. Well, we beat the Ravens. Yes, we did. And I would like to also point out to anyone who is disappointing, it's going to sound like a lot of excuses, but the reality is in the NFL, it's tough to win games. This team has lost their quarterback for a portion. They've lost their best weapons, their linemen, their best defenders. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Eric Fisher are all players that have missed multiple games. That's like the who's who of who our best players are. That's the team. Those guys. And they all miss multiple games not playing together. So you couple that with an absolutely brutal schedule. We have played the Ravens. We have played the Colts, the Texans, the Raiders, the Jaguars, the Lions. You know, the Jaguars and Lions are our easy games. Those are our, we don't get a Bengals. We don't get a Dolphins or a Redskins. We have to play the Jaguars as our easy game. The Colts as our easy game. We played the Vikings. We played the Packers. The Chargers are our quote-unquote easy game, but 4-7. and seven. There is no, like, domination when you have those factors weighing against you. 7-4 and four is not a bad place to be sitting at the bye, all things considered. Because if Patrick, if, those guys, if our team stays healthy, we're probably 9-2 and two and no one is upset. 
Yeah. No one's upset. Yeah. But we might still be upset because those two losses, well, you know, why'd it, we it, have them? But I, exactly. I definitely agree. With a brutal schedule, injuries the way they've been, just tough breaks with fumbles and weird stuff like that that isn't sustainable either end. So when you're fumbling a lot, that's not sustainable. And when you're not fumbling ever, that's not sustainable, like as far as turnovers go. So there's there's better days ahead. It's it's going to be okay. Now, at the end of the season that this team ends 9-7, and seven, yeah, you're going to be a little disappointed. If we get to 11-5, and five, it's going to be okay. That's one loss less than we – or one less win than we had last year. Yeah, really, I think what we're looking for, we're looking for the swag, the continuity. I don't care where we're seated in the playoffs because I think we both agree we're good enough to beat anyone in the yes. playoffs. And it's who's hottest in the playoffs, you know. Are we going to be that team that – just kind of stumbles in like a Chiefs team of a couple years ago. We started nine and zero. Yes, we finished what eleven 10, and five. Eleven and we five. We went two of our last seven, and we stumbled in the playoffs yes. and then got stunned. 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 <laughs> yeah, the freaking Andrew Luck. Yeah. Oh um, man. But yes, uh, that's a great great segue. We're getting ready to start talking about playoffs. I don't want to play as a wild card team. I playing on wild card weekends. Probably what's going to happen. Home game is what we're shooting for at this yeah. point. You want one home game, you want to win the division. Outside of that, the only thing you need for the playoffs is to be healthy and to be at least, like, mostly the chemistry down. That's what yeah. you need. If our health – nothing has changed from a few weeks ago when Patrick got hurt and we thought, oh, he's out for six weeks. We just have to make sure we get to the playoffs and we're healthy. That The same argument's still true. Uh, looking at the playoff picture, though, it – the buy is not out of the question, but it's it's getting a little longer shot. Um, the the easier route I think would probably be the Patriots losing. Uh, we've already beat the Ravens, but the Ravens schedule is a little bit softer. So, um, they, well, and I think the Ravens are, I think the Ravens are much better than the Patriots. Yes, are. because and they they showed that with a seventeen point yeah, win. You know, yeah. so the Ravens' upcoming schedule is the Rams, the Niners, the Bills, which right in a row those are three teams with winning records, and then they get the Jets, Browns, Steelers, three teams with subpar yeah. records. So they might not lose any of those, they really, or they could lose or three they could of those. Lose three of them, yeah, yeah. They, they could lose. I mean, they have lost to the Browns already this year. Yeah, I don't know if that'll happen again. That's that's tough to predict. It's divisional. Speaking of swag, they got the swag. They have it right they got now. Got it right now. Ho- you know, if you're a Ravens fan, you're hoping they're not peaking too early. Yeah. You kind of don't want to see this peak midseason. Yeah, you, especially you, if they stumble. Exactly. If they yes, it's, we're just talking about it. The Chiefs when they started off nine and zero, that team had that swagger, and then they kind of trip into the playoffs, and for whatever reason, they 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 lost it. The Ravens right now are just. Man, they're they're loving life, and they should be. They're beating up on some really good teams. Forty-one to seven against the Texans is is insane. That's a that's a beating. But as far as the Ravens go, they have a pretty clear path to the one seed after already beating the Patriots. the The Patriots, though, their schedule it's not as it's not it's not a cakewalk. They have the Cowboys, the Texans, us, the Bills, and then Bengals, Dolphins left. We can assume they're going to lose the Bengals, Dolphins. They're going to win. Or, yeah, sorry. No, they're going to lose against the Dolphins. <laughs> it happens once a year. <laughs> That's true. No, they're going to they're gonna beat the Bengals and Dolphins, but the Cowboys aren't a sure win. I mean, no. Patriots just beat the Eagles 10-17. to 17. Yeah. And the Cowboys, I mean, I'm, you obviously can't always make this argument, but the Cowboys embarrassed the Eagles yeah. last time they played. Patriots have to play the Texans. I mean, that's Obviously, they just got embarrassed by the Ravens, but, but that's, a, that's, that's a, a good team. It's a quality team, and then they have to play us. 
So if they drop two or three of these games, one of them has to be to the Chiefs, obviously, to get a, to get a bye. But if they drop three of those games, uh, let's say they lose to the Cowboys, us, and the Bills. That's Chiefs got a clear path to uh, the second seed in the AFC because they'll have the they both end up twelve and four. The Chiefs would have to win out, but they'd have the tiebreaker against the Patriots. So the bye is not completely out of the question right now. No, it's a long. I mean, it's a long shot though. But like we talked about, I mean, and that'll go right into our bold predictions. Yes, my bold prediction. I don't think they lose again. Exactly. Okay, so. We were talking about this, and we were talking we were about doing a bull prediction segment. I was like, what do you think is is a bull prediction? And, you know, Brett looked at me, and he was like, ah, we're not going to lose another game. I'm like, I said bold, Brett. And he's like, what'd you say? By two scores. <laughs> yeah, by two scores, right. We're going to win every game at, from by two scores here on out. So, so 10 points, 9 points. 9 points, Cap. <laughs> we'll count 9 points. 9 points. We'll count I, 9 points. I, I meant more like 10 points. Yes. I think... I don't know. I think, like we talked about, the bye week, we're always good off a of bye. I think we come out. I think we beat up on the Raiders. Oh, I hope so. Because I still don't think the Raiders are that good. And I think we kind of get a little taste of blood, and we get after it. Just unleash the unleash the dogs. Yeah. I think we're going to see – I think we're going to see a team that wants to win like we played against the Vikings, but with the weapons. You <laughs> like know. when we played against the Jags. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I, I like that a lot. Um, that kind of plays into my bold prediction. And I think if my bold prediction happens, yours will happen. They'll play off each other. Because mine is Patrick Mahomes is still going to win the MVP. Yeah. And uh, I just, right now, it, the it's 10 to 1. The Ravens have a lot of hype, and Lamar's got a lot of hype. Russell Wilson's got a lot of hype because the Seahawks are playing well. The Chiefs have had their downturn. Mahomes has been hurt. But the Chiefs have a lot of big games coming up, and if the Ravens or the Patriots, or, or if the Ravens or the Seahawks struggle coming up, and Mahomes starts lighting it up, he's gonna kind of start wiggling his way back into that conversation and up the odds boards. If Lamar goes and we, well, because Lamar won't have the numbers. No, he won't. He won't. He and just so won't. if they st- right now, he's got the wow. Yes. Which for the MVP he, is important. He's got the wow, the hype, and the swag. He's yeah. got the 50-yard video which game they love, runs. Yes. Which they love for MVP. Yes. Which was the whole problem with last year's MVP of why did why was Drew Brees even in the conversation? Yes, exactly. Because he didn't have the wow and he didn't have the numbers. Exactly. But for whatever reason, oh, it's Drew Brees, so he has to be in the conversation. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> but so if they stumble, he's definitely not going to have the numbers. Yeah, because we, we looked at the schedule, and I do think I see two or three more losses coming for the Ravens. Uh, two, probably. Three, maybe. Uh, I want to say three, but the, I don't know if that's just me wishfully thinking. I mean, I like Lamar, but he still can't really throw it like some of these yes, other guys and can. that is, and it's okay to say that. Some people get upset when you're like, Lamar still needs to improve as a passer. He does. He absolutely, to extend his NFL career, is going to have to improve as a passer. His numbers throwing right now through the air are very similar to Tyrod Taylor with the Bills. And that's not a knock on Lamar. He's still a second-year quarterback, and he adds that electricity factor of the runs and the and the, just the amazing sack evasions. He's, yep. he's a special player, but he does still have to get better. Yeah. Like, he's, he's throwing for 200 yards a game, 160 in some games, but because he's got the 80 yards rushing – and obviously, you can't take those away in the MVP talks. Yeah. But if Mahomes comes out, he's fourth right now in the NFL in passing yards. Fourth after missing two games and three quarters. And he just threw for 180. 
if he comes out and leads the league in passing and then puts up close to 40 touchdowns and the Chiefs go on a big tear, the narrative at the end of the year is just as important as the narrative at the beginning of the year. Right. Because look at Christian McCaffrey. He lit the world on fire at the beginning of the year. Now he's not even in the conversation. Not even in the odds because they're just recently, yeah. even though he's still playing so well, Michael Thomas is now playing super well. So he's the skill guy that kind of overtook him. Pat can kind of shift that narrative, really come out and explode for a couple 400-yard games, make sure he leads the league in passing. And then if he does that and starts winning, like you think, if we start winning out and blowing these teams out, then he'll have the hype of going back-to-back, and he'll have the narrative, yep. and they'll be able to kind of capture that. So two bold predictions. Mahomes MVP, bold. MVP, Chiefs went out by two possessions going forward. We'll count nine, but if they win like by nine three times, I'm going to say you're wrong. Because you said like 10 points. <laughs> I think I'm still right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll give it to you. Uh, defensively, though, we can talk about the Chiefs. The defensively, winning out, obviously, is offense and defense. But just going forward defensively, what do you see for the Chiefs? Um, why don't you go first? Okay. So, I think the Chiefs are going to end the year as a top 10 defense. The reason I said that is because I think they'll finish the year as a bottom 10 defense. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's tough, man. That's a negative bold prediction, but I just am not confident yet in the Chiefs' defense. And we've seen spurts, mm-hmm. and I, w- I want to think that they can get this continuity and, and yes. really, you know, Frank Clark is come alive. You know, our DBs are making turnovers. I still – I saw things last night that still – make me upset okay and i have to concede to that i'm i'm probably falling into the trap here a little bit of seeing a four interception game and a multi-sack game and really hoping that they can they can really get it together and do it the reason i'm predicting this is because i've seen more from this defense this year than i did last year's defense there was less like defining moments for last year's defense this year four picks against rivers they had that dominant performance against the Broncos. The Vikings game, I mean, yeah, they allowed, what, 23 points? But one, McCole Hardman had that fumble at the very yep. beginning of the kickoff. I mean, they really played really well against the, a Vikings squad. And so I'm starting to see the good performances are coming almost as often as the bad performances. And even last week against the Titans, I know we gave up 30 and that game-winning drive was kind of the, the narrative. But from a defensive standpoint – that fumble recovery for seven points is not the defense. They still only allowed 20-some yeah. points. Yeah, so, I mean, the eye test looked good yes. last week for the most part. I know yes. they carved us up on the ground. Yes. Bad. Yes. But for the most part, it looked – I mean, it, I always just judge defense by the eye test. If they're tackling well, if yeah, they're playing yeah, exactly. aggressive, if, yes. If they're giving up big plays, if they're giving up, like, dumb plays, that kind of ties into tackling. Where yes. You got him wrapped up three yards behind the line of scrimmage and he ends up getting 15. It's like, that's frustrating. It's really frustrating. It's very frustrating. The reason I'm buying but. into this defense a little more is the linebackers are playing a lot better. The secondary is definitely playing better than last year. About to get Kendall Fuller back. The addition of Mike Pinnell in the, the middle of the field and the in the front seven, he has been playing well. Like, he had a big sack last night. He's a big body in the run game. And he was inactive against the Tennessee game. For whatever reason, he was a healthy scratch. So hopefully they learn from that and kind of keep keep him at least ready in case the team starts trying to carve us up on the ground. I hope we get it done, man. 
I hope we do too. Well, right. I hope mine doesn't happen. Well, yeah, I hope. But, I hope we're. I hope we're three out of four on our bold predictions. Yeah, both of mine, and then your undefeated one. Yeah, if we do it that way, then then we're, then we're great. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, bad. We'll get rings made. Oh man, if if the Chiefs win a Super Bowl this year, I will. I don't know what I'll do with myself. I, I I saw the Cavs win a championship. I'm a Cavs fan, and when they won that championship, I just I lost my mind. And I haven't been an NBA fan. It's, it was since like 2011. That's when I started following the NBA because all my friends did. And I was a big Kyrie Irving fan, so that's why I picked the Cavs. And then I, I lost my mind when the Cavs won. I've been a Chiefs fan since I was born. If they yeah. won a Super Bowl this year, I don't know how I'd celebrate, but I'd have to find a way. Well, we've seen all Missouri teams win. Well, except for Mizzou. But yeah. not college. Not all college. the pro teams. The Royals, the Cardinals, the Blues. It's time. The Rams, the, even when they were here. I remember that Rams Yeah, Super they Bowl. got a Super Bowl back in the day. I mean, I was still pretty young, but I mean. I, I was, was young, but I saw it. Yeah. You know. We need a Chiefs Super Bowl. If they win the Super Bowl, you want to go to the parade? That's not even, <laughs> that's that's not not even a question. question. I might go in full Mahomes gear. <laughs> I, have, I have a pair of shoulder pads, throw my jersey on, get the headband, I'll head out there. We'll start. I'll, I'll talk in Mahomes' voice the whole time. Let's do it. You can be uh, Garrett Dieter. You can, be yes. my, you can be my sheepdog. I'll yes. be Mahomes and walk around. Speaking of sheepdog, good for him coming back. I know. I, I mean. You got to root for him. You do. And to his credit, I mean, he plays really good special teams. And yeah. we kind of take that for granted. But our special team has not been playing well lately. Yeah. And they played pretty well last night. I'm not saying it was all Garrick Dieter, but I don't know, you know. Uh, uh, he might have He might have had something to do with it. He had a big almost touchdown yeah. in last year's. Oh, the scoop AFC and score that one yeah. didn't touch Edelman, and two you well, can't advance anyway. It was electric. It was amazing. So hey, maybe he's what we need to get that uh, special teams rolling. But I think that's all we got for you guys this week. Uh, next week we're not going to have a game to talk about, obviously, because the Chiefs are off. So we'll do around the West. We'll talk about the upcoming Chiefs Raiders game, and then we'll kind of recap how the AFC teams did, and we'll just keep rechecking playoff position. But uh, I think that's all me and Brett got for you today. Catch us anywhere you can find podcasts on Spreaker. Apple, Google, give us a download, give us a listen, write us a review, you know, do what you feel necessary. But until next time, see you guys.